Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool service from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome to another news episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. As every first day, I'm discussing the news. And this week, I'm discussing it with Nicole Williams, who is the VP of Strategy and Marketing for Hostly. Nicole, how's it going? Great, great, Jasper. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here again. Yeah, for sure. And the regular listeners probably recognize Nicole because she was on the show, I think, three or four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about um, Chip Conley. Yes. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And today we have another uh, interesting uh, episode with some cool news stories from uh, the last week. And we're going to get right into it. And we're going to start with a company that's in the Airbnb ecosystem. The Airbnb ecosystem is growing very, very fast. And this particular company is called AirSorted. And it's an Airbnb management startup. And they've just raised a million and a half dollars, which is quite substantial. I think Pillow Homes is probably the only one who's raised more. They raised about 2.65 million back in 2015. But there's a, there's a very large number of Airbnb management startups all over the world. They're really popping up everywhere, it seems. So it's quite interesting that this one has managed to raise such a significant amount of money. Yeah, I'm excited to read stories like this and see the growth of the Airbnb home sharing ecosystem. Um, because as much as you see that there's governments and city organizations trying to fight <laughs> fight the process, then you see rounds of funding like this, big rounds. And um, I think this company actually opened uh, when Pillow, the year that Pillow got that big funding. So they haven't been around too long since 2015. But they're big in Europe. It says they have a thousand properties just in the UK, and this round of funding is going to help them start in other markets. Um, but it's exciting to see. Right, I think they're planning to expand into Sydney, Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, they manage over a thousand homes, which is a fourfold increase in the past six months. Yeah, that's an incredible growth. Um, I was looking at to see the background of the CEO. His name's James Jenkins Yates. And this is his first startup, um, but he has a banking background. And apparently um, it's for him is the um, the income generated from the properties is what they where they get their money, a percentage of that, and the interests are aligned with the with the host. So he he's all about the bottom line and focus on host profitability, which um, would expect 
that kind of supports his background and not surprising that they got the funding with that kind of background. Right. And I think it's it's really smart for these type of companies to really focus on helping the host make more money because mm-hmm. that's basically kind of ensures that they will be on Airbnb for longer and they will make more money. So their percentage always also goes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, apparently, they also have some proprietary software that the company that the investment firm that led the the round this round of funding was very interested in that um, kind of combines um, the pricing, marketing, and management, and makes an optimal blend for the rental yield and customer service, which was interesting. I'm trying to see what sets this company apart from there are so many property management companies out there, and um, and how this one's standing out from from all the others. Right, and a few weeks ago, I interviewed the largest. Uh, management company in Amsterdam. It's called IMBNB. I interviewed the founder and there's there's two things that are interesting. First of all, I was surprised that they have their own software to to manage everything. Because the first thing that I I told him, I was like, you know, you must be using a lot of apps, you know, things like Beyond Pricing and Smart B&B to, you know, send automatic messages and calculate prices. But he actually developed all that stuff uh, in house, which which I was kind of surprised by. Yeah, yeah, they're. Um taking up on their own, not relying on others. <laughs> taking exactly. it in-house. But the other interesting thing is that he was actually fined by the city of Amsterdam, or not him, but the, the company, and they're fighting the fine right now um, because they they were managing a, a house with, I believe, 12 apartments or so, 11 or 12, and mm. uh, the owner of that building was fined, I believe it was... 13,000 euros per listing times 11. So it's it was quite a, sub- a substantial amount of money. And because his company, Airbnb, was managing the listings, uh, they also fined the management company. Uh, double fines, wow. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, this is interesting because if cities are going to not only go after the host, but they're also going to find the the companies that you know enable the hosts uh, to list that manage the listings, then that's a pretty big uh, risk and, and you know sort of liability that these companies have to take into account. Right. Yeah, it is, um, and that's you know it seems like if they're going to follow anything like New York is doing, which I know is a story we're going to be talking about, that that's what they're going to do because that's what New York is doing. It's you know, finding those property managers and it's a big liability. I don't know. Um, we'll have to see how they, how they get around it and what kind of concessions that they can, you know, negotiation agreement they can come to. Yeah. So I'll definitely be, uh, updating people once the, once the court is decided because they're actually fighting the fine, uh, because, you know, I am, I am BNB has always, has always said that they only facilitate hosts who are, Applying to the to the rules, you know, who are not or who are following the rules. So, you know, it's interesting. He actually looked Apparently. into the building and he figured that it would be allowed to 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 do Airbnb there. So, yeah, to be continued. Yeah, that'll be interesting to hear how that uh, plays out because everybody is watching what everyone else is doing to decide since this is so such a unprecedented space. Exactly. And that kind of leads us into the next topic, which is the fines that 
the New York City has given to, uh, I think it is, they're talking about 17 violations for two hosts. And each violation came with a $1,000 fine. Um, so there was a total of 17 violations. So I imagine that these two hosts had combined number of 17 listings. Right. I think one had five and the other had 12, and they gave them the, the minimum fine, which was $1,000 each. But And they both took off the listings uh, from Airbnb. They took all 17 properties off and um, motivated probably by the fact that if they get caught again, it's a 5000 per violation and then up to $7,500 per violation um, is what the, what the state can, can fine them. Right, and this this law was went went into effect in October in New York, but they this is the first time that they enforced it, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and Airbnb, you know, that's that was their condition for dropping their lawsuit is, you know, find the hosts, don't find us. Which it's not really hosts; these are property managers that the the state seems to be going after. I mean, I'd be surprised if they're going to devote resources to going after individual hosts. It's really the managers who have multiple properties and they see them as a threat to affordable housing or what people consider affordable housing in Manhattan and Brooklyn, Queens, all the boroughs. Um, that's really seems to be where they're focused. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they obviously have limited resources and you, you, know, you could think about how, how much does it cost them to, to find one host? Right. If they if they mm-hmm. find if they find somebody thousand dollars, then it probably doesn't make sense for them to spend over a thousand dollars in expenses in in order to find these people. So you know, it definitely makes a lot of sense that they go for the bigger fish first. Right. Right. And just to make an example of them, and hopefully that will deter others. I mean, hopefully for them that will deter others from from uh, following suit and picking up property management as their new career. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, around the the world, it, it seems like, uh, you know, some of these cities are, uh, are actually stepping up their game a little bit and uh, starting to enforce the, a lot of the rules that are in place, you know, the, over the last few years, there's a lot of places where the rules have been popping up and, but there has been very little enforcement. I remember a while ago, last year in July, a buddy of mine, uh, this the founder of AirDNA, he was actually fined uh, thirty five hundred dollars in Santa Monica, and I believe he was the first one to be fined uh, in that in that particular city. Yeah, this is definitely a case study that um, you know where this has been a hot topic in Amsterdam, your city, and also um, in Miami and New Orleans, where this is been very contentious that they're going to be watching, and you know we might see more of this happening. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that leads us into the next topic, uh, which is the regulations that have been in place in London. Mm-hmm. So their hosts are allowed to rent out for 90 days. And um, the as opposed to some of the other cities, the way that London does it, they've ha- they've actually given the councils, the local councils, the responsibility to go after the hosts and take care of the enforcement. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I can see why this could be a big fail. Is that um, if Airbnb says that they're going to help with this enforcement? 
they're really the only ones on board on one only platform that's really saying that what there are, they have competition out there, but what's going to motivate the rest of them to do that. So, um, and even Airbnb at that point and the, you know, these hosts can just go and list on another platform after the 90 days. So I can see why this could be a big bust. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think like right now the Airbnb isn't actually enforcing it yet. Uh, you know, they're going to start doing that in, in, in the spring or in the summer. Mm-hmm. So right now, you know, there's a counter on the listings that shows how many days you've rented out and how many days you're allowed to rent out, but the, it doesn't yet actually stop you from renting out. So at this point, the only way for the councils to stop the hosts is to actually track them down and stop them. Because, but the thing is, you know, these, there's a lot of councils in the city of London. I I can't I can't tell how many there are. Maybe they mentioned it somewhere in the article. But uh, I know they're they're pretty small. Um, oh, there's there's 28 of them. That mm. so there's 28 councils that responded to the BBC who did this research. So you can imagine, you know, these councils are are much smaller than the than the city, and they have fewer resources, right? And so mm-hmm. the question is, you know, what are they going to use their resources for? I mean, I'm sure they have plenty of other stuff to, you know, to spend their on. spend their money on than you know trying to trying to track down a bunch of Airbnb hosts. So I'm sure they kind of uh, rely on Airbnb to you know to put this enforcement in place. But then, like you mentioned, there's all these other platforms that are not following suit. At least right. as of yet, they're not following suit. So people can still you know, do 90 days on Airbnb, do, you know, 90 days on TripAdvisor and Booking.com and Wimdu or any other uh, short stay rental platform. Yeah, I think this is a matter of when push comes to shove. It's going to be some um, where there's some housing alliance or some organization that has some money to start making a big stink and, you know, maybe protesting or whatever. I mean, and or there's one case that they can make an example of in one of the um, councils. So I I think it's something that they might just this. They've done this counter. They've done the ninety day rule, but I don't see any enforcement until there's a, a case to be had with it. Yeah, there, I mean, there might be some. There might be some house who who will uh, who will stop that. For my, I mean, I'm an example. You know, uh, I just I just don't want to be bothered with all these different platforms and and also i'm kind of tired of you know doing something that's officially not allowed uh, mm-hmm. you know i kind of prefer to do some something that's legal so i can right. I, I can sleep well at night i don't have to worry right. about anything you know mm-hmm. um but there's definitely ways around it but uh and in any case uh, i've i've already interviewed a property manager in New York and one in London, and I've talked to them about the regulations and about you know what what the enforcement is like and how all this works in practice. So in the next couple of week, a couple of weeks, these uh, these uh, interviews are going to be published on uh, on Mondays. So mm-hmm. for those who are interested, be sure to take uh, keep an eye out for those. Yeah, I I will. I'm interested to hear what they say. Yeah, they actually they they both had some pretty good insights. So, so these I don't were want good. You to spoil it here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a good tease. All right. Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? 
I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. All right, let's move on to another interesting news article that came out. And this one is on valuewalk.com. And it's an article with lots of interesting information that's put together in a really nice way in an infographic. And uh, the headline of the article is, uh, this is what Wikipedia can't tell you about Airbnb, the 30 billion startup. And this er this article has... A lot of interesting information. What do you think? Yeah, fascinating. Um, just the demographics that they break down. I mean, there's a lot of discussion on how many seniors are are doing Airbnb now um, as far as hosts to bring in more income in neighborhoods where the cost of living is rising. So I thought that was interesting. It's actually, they're saying ten, only 10%. Um, I guess you could say 10% is a big number too. But also the 30 days you know, staying 30 days, about 20% of people staying with Airbnb are staying more than 30 days, which that actually seemed big to me. I always think of it as um, like 99% of it is short term. I was surprised by that number, but it, this is fascinating information, just companies that, um, that they've acquired as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, that number surprised me too. I you know I thought the uh, the long term stays were uh, really a much smaller part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's good. It supports them and their discussions with some of these government city city councils and governments where they're they can say twenty percent actually are staying more than thirty days. That's that's good for Airbnb in those situations. Absolutely. Now they also. Other than the the story of how Airbnb was founded, it's you know they did a really good job um, making it very visually attractive. How you know how the guys had their first guest, and then how uh, Nathan Bacharchik joined. How they renamed mm -hmm. the site, and they had these uh, you know they they raised some money by selling Obama O's and Captain McCain's mm -hmm. the the cereals. Mm -hmm. when, you know when it was the presidential election in uh, in two thousand eight. Right. Um, and you know how they sort of expanded, and now they've had over eighty million guests. They're in thirty-four thousand cities, one hundred and ninety-one countries, and over two and a half million listings worldwide. Right, the stats is, at the top are great. Um, it's very impressive. But just yeah, you're right. The, the visual, everything is. It's just a good resource for anyone who is a host. I, I think especially a host on Airbnb, just to know more about the company and um, the inside workings. And yeah, it's just, it's good. I don't know how long it took them to put all this together, but maybe they've been, they've had a database going for a while and finally decided to make it look pretty. Yeah, uh, they definitely spent a lot of work on this article, which I can appreciate as a constant creator myself. I know that, you know, a good article 
some good content uh, takes a long time to create and uh, definitely the you know the visuals uh, just adds so much more extra time to it they also give a really cool overview of all the acquisitions that have been made um, some of these companies I've never heard of but yeah. they've, they've acquired quite a lot of companies yeah That's- yeah I wonder um, how much uh, what their role is in some of these like you know how active they are because you're right I haven't heard of a lot of them I think a trip for real, obviously. I know that one, and um, but some of these, yeah, unknowns. Wonder if they're going to grow them or not. Right. Then they also show the investment funding. They've raised almost four billion dollars, and you know what's interesting? They their original seed investment was only twenty thousand dollars in January mm-hmm. 2009. So can you imagine, mm-hmm. you know, putting 5K in yeah. Airbnb in 2009? Yeah, what uh, how it's much, worth today. How much, wow. That's like, you know, you, you probably get, uh, I don't know how much, what percentage of the company they, they sold for that 20K, but I imagine, you know, it could be something around 10% or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For like 5K, you have two and a half percent, which would be worth, if it's worth 30 billion now, then that, you know, like the two and a half percent could be worth. I have to do some calculations. So yeah. it's a, it's a <laughs> three hundred million times two and a half, so seven hundred and fifty million. Yeah. Wow, that's a good, pretty good, good business move. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, there would be some. Uh, you know, the well, obviously it would it would be a little bit less because there's extra shares being um, created with the other other uh, investment rounds. But still, it would have been like the investment of the century. <laughs> Yeah, makes me want to go uh, look at some startups right now. <laughs> See if I can find the next Airbnb. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's, it's so fun right. to invest in startups, isn't it? Yeah, like I've, yeah. I've, I've invested in in three of them, and you know, one's gone bust already. Um, but I have high hopes on the on the other two. So awesome. you know, I, we'll have uh, to talk after. <laughs> just a, just a matter of time until I can order my Ferrari. There you go. <laughs> you know what else I thought was interesting is they listed the key competitors of Airbnb or maybe not interesting, but helpful. And I think that might um, be of interest to hosts as well who are maybe looking to diversify a little bit and if they are only listing on Airbnb. I've heard of probably half of them, um, but the others I, I'm going to look into their interest. Um, had you heard of all of the competitors? Well, I've heard of Wimdu. That's one that's very active in Europe. It's a uh, it's an Airbnb clone by uh, Rocket. I think the company is Rocket. Rocket is a company that uh, they they kind of like clone like good mm-hmm. ideas and then they create their own. Um, Rumorama, I heard of uh, VRBO, of course, Flipkey, HomeAway. But then there's a few that I haven't heard of, which is Tripping. VK Hero, House Trip, and Face Days. I've never heard yeah. of those. I'd heard. I think a tripping is here in California. I I have heard of that one, but the VK Hero and Face Days, House Trip, those three were new to me. So um, I'm gonna take a look into those. Right. Then some interesting statistics: fifty four percent of Airbnb guests are female. Mm-hmm. Did that surprise you? Yeah, that did surprise me. I. I yeah, I, I was just surprised. I think um, it's interesting that they would not want to stay in a hotel. I would think it's more, um, I don't know, that, that surprised me. And 46% are male. Yeah, that's right. And and so you would think because of maybe of safety concerns that yeah. it would be the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. But 
maybe they're looking to get the best bang for, for their buck as well. <laughs> Could be true, yeah. <laughs> you know? Could be true. Yeah. And the other interesting thing I thought was that more guests traveled on Airbnb in 2015 than the entire population of Greece, yeah. Sweden, or Switzerland. It's kind yeah, of interesting. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That was just puts it in perspective how many people are using it. Absolutely. The size of medium-sized countries. <laughs> yeah yeah these yeah definitely these are not the smallest companies no the they're not i mean even countries. if they're small space wise like land with land they're very populated so it's it's quite astounding absolutely so we're getting to the end of this episode um i have a quick personal thing to share as you may know, I've purchased a uh, a penthouse unit in Cali, Colombia a few weeks ago, and I've been getting a lot of questions about it. So I decided to put together a pretty comprehensive blog post that you can find at getpaidforyourpet.com. If you go to the, it's on the front page, you can see it's the newest post. It's called Why I Bought a Penthouse in Cali, Colombia to Rent on Airbnb. And I spent a lot of time on it, so it's pretty, it's pretty lengthy, but uh, I really wanted to include all details uh, that, uh, you know, kind of everything about the decision-making process. So yeah, if you're interested in that, go check that out. And uh, Nicole, do you have any final thoughts to share? Um, I'm excited to read that post. I've read that Columbia is one of the hot places to visit in 2017. So I'm not sure I'm ready to go there because I do a lot of family trips, but I want to read the post and then uh, ha have some questions for you afterwards. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Congratulations, um, by the way. Yeah, thanks. I'm very excited. And uh, in a few weeks, I'll be going to Florinopolis in Brazil, which is one of my favorite places on the planet. And so I'll be uh, looking at some houses there. So who knows? That could be awesome. my next one. I'm going to dominate South America. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Conquer South America first. <laughs> awesome. All right, Nicole. Thanks a lot for joining. And I'm sure Thank we'll you. be speaking again in a few weeks. And of course, listeners, thanks for listening. And you can find the show notes at getpaidforyourpet.com slash podcast. And of course, next Thursday, I'll be discussing next week's news with another member of the Hostfully team. So I hope to see you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.